Good morning or good evening or good afternoon or good night, whatever time you're listening to this podcast. Welcome to For Real Though with me, your host, Raf Ruiz. And today on the show, we have a returning guest. And I can finally say that because he was on a previous episode, our episode of Avatar, The Legend of Korra. And you might have heard of his podcast, the Don't Be Mean podcast. And okay, just to mix things up a bit, I'm going to like uh, introduce you wrestling style. In right. the red corner, weighing approximately the weight of a normal human being and the height of a normal human being. Obviously, I didn't do enough research for your biometrics and stuff, but like, without further ado, here is movie lover and all-around pop culture geek, River Cruise. Hey, that's me. That's, that's me. I'm the River Cruise. And I would have been freaked out if you somehow <laughs> guessed my exact biometrics without yeah. me even telling you. So I think it's a good thing you didn't say it correctly. I could be like really good at approximating people's. Oh yeah, there are those people that like look at look at someone and they just guess. Yeah, it's kind of like a superpower almost. And speaking of superpowers, superpowers, hell yeah, nice transition. Yeah, it just came naturally. Like I didn't even think that through, but like like their powers came like their powers came naturally. It was God given. Well, I guess that segue wasn't God given, but. Today on the podcast, and you as the listener already know, because it's on the freaking episode title, we're talking about Umbrella Academy. Hell yeah, yes. I am a big My Chemical Romance fan, and that's how I found out about Umbrella Academy. I mean, seriously, who isn't? I mean, if if you're from our generation, you there's either one of two things. Either you're an MCR fan or a closeted MCR fan. Oh, I was just going to say, like, you couldn't avoid it during the, the emo phase. And that's why there's something distinctly emo about the Umbrella Academy. It's yeah, like, just, no one understands me. I haven't, like, read the comics. But, like, I skimmed through some. I haven't read it okay. in its entirety. But it looks a lot more emo compared to the show. It definitely does. And uh, the comics, I don't know if you how far you research into the comics. But I am a huge fan of the artist. His name is... Um, Gabriel Ba or Bay or I don't know how to pronounce yeah. it, but he's Brazilian, and he, him and his twin brother uh, Fabio Moon, they have like, crazy names. They made one of my favorite graphic novels called Day Tripper. Have you read that one? Day, no, I'm not, I'm not so familiar. So okay. enlighten us, so, yes. please. Oh, anyway, it, it, I don't. It's I mean, this isn't about Day Tripper, but like, oh, yeah, 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 the the artist, the artist of that is the same artist of the Umbrella Academy um, comics, and that's also one of the reasons why I found out about it. So. When the show was coming out, I was like, oh, this is the thing that I vaguely know. And I, I hope it's good. And it is. Spoiler that I like the show a lot. Because <laughs> like, for those who haven't seen the comics, basically, it looks like gorillas. You know, of course, you know, gorillas. It does. Right? Very angular. Yeah. 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 And um, very, like, like, like we said earlier, emo looking. <laughs> it is. It is very emo. Yeah. It's, like I said, um, like they all the characters are like oh no one really understands me and like in in a way their 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 parents quote unquote like mess them up yeah exactly. the same way that a lot of emo kids feel like oh my parents don't understand me that's why i'm like this like i think but okay, anyway b- yeah before we get into like uh the gritty details of the show um i think what the show brings that the comics didn't and okay i'm totally unreliable for saying this because i haven't read the comics completely but based on what i've read um the show brought more heart to the characters 
Am I correct? That's also what that? I hear. Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't read the comics either, but like, okay. we should have gotten another guest who yeah. has read the comics. I, no, I mean, this, we should this have gotten what, Jared Way as a guest. <laughs> this is what my podcast is about. I don't want it to be like experts talking about oh, yeah, you know, no, stuff no, no, they're, yeah. they're, they're crazy about. It's more of like regular guys enjoying pop culture, enjoying uh, Netflix yeah. stuff, enjoying movies. But so. I have I have looked up like what's the difference of the comics and the and the show and you're right it, I heard it's like it's more about the family dynamics it's mm-hmm. less about the powers I mean there's a, they show the powers but like yeah. it's more about their relationship as siblings and 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 how they the relationship with their quote unquote their dad you know and like yeah. if let's say the comics is like purely emo purely angsty yeah. I guess the show brought a little more pop and funk to it. It did. Oh so my god! Because with the music, yeah. especially exactly. the music, the, the the cinematography is so bright and cheerful, even though like what's happening on screen is not. It's very Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. There is no it's way the... that anyone can convince me that the directors of the show were not inspired by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, because be. um, I don't know. Can we we can talk about? Do we talk about spoilers from the get go or not? Um, okay, I think the fairest thing we can do is. Let's have do a, a brief, recap brief of the segment, show. yeah, brief segment yeah. without major spoilers, and then we go on to the spoilers for a majority of the show. Right. So okay, we kind of got ahead of ourselves a bit back there. So, okay, for the people listening who don't have a clue what Umbrella Academy is, care to enlighten them? Oh, okay, wow, it's all on me. Let's do this. All right, so <laughs> uh, Umbrella Academy, or the Umbrella Academy, the if you Umbrella want to be Academy. super correct, it's mm-hmm. a, basically a school that was started by this guy named. Hargreaves? Yeah. Something Reginald, Hargreaves. Reginald, Reginald, Reginald. Reggie. There you go. Yeah. Reggie. Good old Reggie. He starts a school for these gifted children. Not yeah. unlike the X-Men. Very X-Men. But, it, but yeah. this one is different in that... Um, I forgot what year it was. Like 1980-something. Yeah, um, they're basically in their of, 30s now. They're in their 30s. Yeah. A bunch yeah, of random women all around the world suddenly gave birth to these kids with powers. And these, these women weren't even pregnant. Yeah, like I love the opening scene. It's like what a way to grab the audience. Where it starts with a, a, girl, a high school girl or something, yeah, swimming a Russian in the, girl in the pool. Swimming. Yeah, yeah, and then suddenly she gives birth, like yeah. without out of nowhere, out of the blue, like an immaculate conception, but an instant exactly immaculate conception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is what it. Yeah, and so there are how many are they? I mean, they didn't say uh, how many exactly because it's it's not just the Umbrella Academy kids that have the powers. Yeah. I think but, they mentioned around forty something. Yeah, like, around forty if I something. I recall correctly. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, how many got adopted? I think eight. No, seven. 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 Yes. Yeah, seven. seven yes. So out of the forty plus, Reginald was able to adopt these seven kids, and then he's trying to raise them to be superheroes for some reason. Yeah. I still don't know why, because Reginald doesn't rub me off as like a superhero type, but that it is what it is, I guess. And 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 yeah, and it, it time jumps to the to the present day where uh, Reginald, their dad, dies. Yeah, and that's, it, that's where the season siblings, Yeah, the siblings reconvene and they rekindle these like strained emotions and mm-hmm. weird relationships that they formed. And that's, yeah, that's how it kicks off. That's basically, yeah, the start of season one. And without spoiling the ending completely for those listeners who haven't seen the ending of season one, uh, season two starts off in the past. We're not going to say why. Yes. But it yeah. starts off in the 60s. So, I mean, this, this podcast episode isn't exactly all about season one because we're fresh out of season two. So, we're going to talk more yeah. about that. Yeah. 
So if you haven't um, seen season one, just just yeah. watch. Pause this podcast, watch it super quick, and then like, and then come, come back. back, and then you yeah. can pause it again and watch season two. <laughs> yeah, and then come back again. I mean, that's the beauty of Spotify. You don't have to like uh, fast forward back to the part you didn't listen yeah, to. Exactly. Just auto plays. It auto plays where you left yeah. off. So thank you, Spotify, for that. So okay, now we can talk season one spoilers. Now we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, so yeah. Go on. You're gonna say. Oh, I was just going to ask you, who is your favorite one out of the siblings? Who's your oh, favorite one? Dude, straight out of season one. Okay, because let's, let's do a brief recap of who they are with their superpowers, then okay. say your favorites. You want to so, start from like, from like numbers? Yeah, number. I mean, it's the best way to go. I mean, they're freaking named yeah. numbers anyway. So number yeah. one, we got Luther, who initially had super strength only, and, yes. but it was like, amplified by this serum yeah. their dad made with a DNA of Pogo. Am I correct? Like, the, I, th- the, is, I think it's Pogo, yeah. He becomes a gorilla, butler. basically. Yeah, the, the chimpanzee butler. Uh, basically, some of his DNA was, or the same serum that made him intelligent was used to make Luther's powers amplified. Because he, he got into a, yeah. an accident or something. He was like dying. It was like a botched mission and he was dying. And yeah. then like, yeah, that was the only way to save him. So they gave him gorilla strength to super heal him. But because of that, he's got the body of a gorilla. Gorilla body. <laughs> Does he also have a gorilla, you know? <laughs> Did that affect maybe his... that maybe that's why Allison doesn't want to be <laughs> That's what turned her off afterwards. Yeah. Like at first it was this cool like um tempting stepbrother, stepsister thing, but as soon as the gorilla ship got involved, she was like, I'm not into it. Oh, I'm not into that. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm no bell. I ain't into some yeah. beast. Bestiality is not on the table for yeah. Allison. So number yeah. two, n- number two is Diego. Yes, I, and, I like Diego actually. I like, yeah, um, yeah, he was likable, but he became more likable, I think, in season two. In season two, yeah. So his powers are, um, and correctly if I'm misinterpreting it, but I think he can manipulate with velocity and uh, he can like bend accuracy. The, yeah, he can like bend projectiles. Yeah. I think that's what it is. He's like slightly telekinetic, and he can bend like knives, like the and, direction and bullets. That things things are falling or yeah, yeah. Falling. Because at first, I thought he was just, like, um, zero error. Like, zero in X-Men. Oh, know, like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's they, like like Domino in X-Force yeah. also. But Domino's just extremely lucky. That's, yeah, that's exactly. Power. So yeah. with Diego, it's like, if he makes a shot, he will get it. He'll, he'll get that shot. Yeah. And so, like, basically yeah, yeah. how he's introduced to is he's introduced, like, a vigilante superhero and he throws a knife and it bends around and then gets the guy. So yeah. It's like wanted, basically. Yeah, bullets, I was gonna but, say, yeah. Yeah. Umbrella Academy is a mix of so many things. And then um, is, yeah. number three. Number three is Is it Allison? Allison, yeah. Yeah. Well her power is basically like Kilgrave from uh It is it is Kilgrave, but she just yeah, she just has to say I heard a rumor. And then whatever she says after that, it actually happens. Yeah, but you'll have to follow. It's more than it. that, actually. It's more than because I used to think it was just mind control, but yeah. like this isn't a spoiler. But like in season two, she says something to the, like I I heard a rumor that I blew your minds. Yeah. And their heads literally. Explode. They blew up. Yeah, I was like, no, I was thinking like, hey, what? they did. They didn't explain this. I thought she could just I feel like people. Yeah, I thought it was mind control, but I think she literally can affect the fabric of reality or something with her words. Because, like, okay, if that's true, can she say, like, I heard a rumor that you suddenly had, like, 
super strength or you could fly off the ground. Probably. It's, it's, it's very vague. It's, it's very, very vague. I, I like how vague their powers yeah. are. Like even, even like Luth. Oh, wait, sorry. Let's just go, let's go through these and then let's we'll go, talk about the powers yeah. later. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, number four, number four is Klaus and he yeah. can basically summon the dead and communicate with yeah. the dead. So yeah. initially he could point. only, yeah. Initially he could only talk to the dead. Yeah. But then he later discovers that he can summon them straight Yeah, up, he's like, like a, a medium. Yeah, like yeah. through him, the dead can do things, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And not just through possession, but like their souls or whatever. Their ghosts show yeah, up. They're yeah. made out of. Yeah, they can actually do things. And then number five, who doesn't have a name. He doesn't have a name, right? It's he, just five. Yeah, just his five. name is just five. He can basically bend time and space. He can teleport. Not just yeah, he can space, teleport, but time as well. Yeah, he can. Yeah, he can teleport in space and time, which is really OP. Yeah, and it's like kind of the is it the center power we're all focusing on? Because it, it kind affects, of it affects yeah. the plot the most. You know what I mean? It it definitely if not for the power, we wouldn't have a season two. That's for sure. Exactly, and we won't even have a season one. Like number five is oh yeah, technically you're right. Everything yeah, yeah. going. And, yeah, okay, yeah. So number five. Uh, Number Number six is Ben. Ben, or was Ben. (laughs) So Was Ben, rest in peace. Ben can basically... He is just like a hentai character, basically. (laughs) (laughs) I was was supposed to say summons Cthulhu through his body, but sure, he's a hentai character. (laughs) I mean, not to be racist, not just because he's Asian, but like... Oh my God, I didn't even think of that. (laughs) Like tentacles basically pop out of his chest, like giant tentacles. Yeah. That's his power. Yeah. And but they don't that... fully explain that too. Like, is right? it does he summon I used to think that he summons it from his body, or are the tentacles a part of him? Again, like with, with how vague the powers are, we'll never really know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. in the comics they dive deeper into it, but based on the show, they Probably. don't really explain it. Um so number lastly, num- lastly is seven Vanya. Who, yeah. spoiler alert for those who haven't seen season one, she can, she's basically a te- telekinetic, what, what's the word for it? A psychic. It's she's weird, a, but, yeah, but she can only do it with sound. I noticed that. Like, she can only make sound, uh, she can only push things and make, move things with sound. It's hard to explain. Oh, I think, um, here's how I understood it. Sound helps her concentrate on... Okay. With her power. Like, for example, if she just did her power without the help of sound, it just goes all over the place. Like, she blows everything up. Ah, uh, it, yeah, it helps her focus her energy. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that that's, makes sense. That makes that's, sense. Why, that's why Reginald, like, okay, that's why Reginald secretly, that's his secret motivation for teaching her violin. So that she can help focus. Oh, I never saw right? it that way. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. like, Reginald made her forget that she had powers, unfortunately. Yeah. She like he like was secretly drugging her so that yeah. she wouldn't like he, develop her powers. He used um Allison to make Vanya completely forget she even had powers to begin with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like I had a rumor so, that he forgot everything, something like that. Yeah, so so the thing with Allison's powers, they're permanent. I used like yeah. I used to think that they were just for the moment, but like yeah, they last forever. Like if you tell her if he, if she tells you to do something, I guess after you do it. Um, the effect doesn't last anymore. But if it's a permanent okay. thing, oh yeah, yeah, dude, it's so vague. Like, what if she says, "I heard the rumor that you we were won a, a dog." 
<laughs> you would you be yeah. a dog forever? Would, exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know. Or maybe they behave like a dog. I or don't would know. It, would, it, would it like wear off as soon as the like someone tells you, dude, you're not a dog? <laughs> I, don't know I, how, I heard a rumor um, that you weren't racist anymore. And then that's the end of her conflict in season two. <laughs> oh, thank God. She should have just done that. I heard a rumor that no, all of you same. weren't racist. <laughs> Yeah. It's yeah. not the same though, because it doesn't come from them. It's like she forced them not to be racist. Yeah, and she didn't want to do that. Okay, so I think we've yeah, established yeah. everyone. So yeah. Okay. So who's you, your favorite? Yeah, since you asked me, I think it's not because of the power, but because just because he brings so much personality to the show. It's Klaus. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I was gonna say Klaus because everyone says five. Because <laughs> five is like the sassy, um, yeah, cranky one, but Klaus is the fun one. Klaus, I think it's because he doesn't. He's the one who least wants to be a hero out of all of them. And he fully embraces that. Like, I'm not a hero. Yeah, I just, exactly. I just want to have a good time. But the <laughs> funny thing is, he has, like, one of the most, like, powerful abilities when you think about it. Yeah. I mean, like, when fully like, utilized. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's why there's those scenes where his dad would tell him, like, uh, like, what a shame you never, like, fully understood uh, the how powerful you could become which yeah. i feel applies to all of them i i like like there's oh wait can we talk about season two or are we still talking about like the intro yeah we can talk about season two okay wait brief summary or a summary feelings, let's summarize season two and then let's talk about our thoughts after. feelings you had about okay. season two without spoiling i anything. okay i liked it i think it was better than season one in every way except one which is the villain of, the villains it's not, they're not the main villain the the I liked it in every way, except I didn't quite like uh, the assassins compared to the assassins in, in part in yeah. the first season. Not that they were boring, but they just felt kind of there. They were just kind of the token bad together. guys. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think, yeah. I think they knew that. They think they knew they were being cliche, and they kind of played around. Yeah, it. I don't like, mind it. The I mean, it's not a spoiler, but the three like. The three main antagonists. Yeah, they're like these Swedes who have white hair yeah. and they don't talk. It's so like cliche for a villain. Like it's so foreigners. Matrix too. Exactly. Matrix exactly. Reloaded. Or like any American um, sci-fi thing ever. Yeah. It's not yeah. aliens, it's foreigners who don't talk. And then... Who are basically aliens. Yeah, exactly. Or... Well, actually, like to build on what you said, um, I think the reason why we like Hazel and Chacha better... Is that who you're referring to? Yes. As the villains. It's because they yeah. have more personality and they have more like human moments. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is because very also, it's very in, Yeah, that's true. They humanizes the villains in yeah. a way that makes sense. And also they have character arcs. Exactly. The, the assassins in, in season two don't really have any. Yeah, except they're just one like, guy, I guess. They're just like killers. Like Yeah, but following a in mission. season one since we're I, since we're talking about season two anyway i'm gonna spoil season one yeah, yeah, yeah. If that's okay fair enough fair enough so there's a scene where chacha and the uh, what's the name of the other one hazel the big guy hazel season. and chacha there yeah. you go so yeah hazel is slowly not wanting to be an assassin anymore yeah. he's falling in love with this woman with meanwhile lady. chacha yeah exactly and and chacha is like so obsessed with the with the job you know yeah. and that's her character it's crazy that they got Mary J. Blige just to be Chacha. I, I know. I like baffled me. Dude, I forgot it was even Mary J. Blige when I was watching it. Yeah, I know. But yeah, so like they, they, there's, there's a growth there. There's a direction. But in season two, it, there, you don't really see that. But I guess that's not the point. The focus is more on the, the siblings. Yeah. yeah. 
And I also like how Hazel and Chacha, just the visual appeal of it all, like these henchmen in like cute little mascot heads. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so, that's so Jared way. That's so like My Chemical Romance. My Chemical Romance. Especially with their, their last album. I forgot the name of their last album. It has like a spider on it. It's like, what's it called? Danger Days. There you go. Danger, J- Danger Days, The True Lives of blah, 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 blah. Anyway, that one, because if you watch the music videos for Danger Days, mm-hmm. they have these like fictional characters that they play. And they there are moments where they have the animal. There's one where he has an animal bear stuffed toy head, but he has a gun. So, okay, Danger, the, yeah. the villains were the, the one thing that wasn't better in season two for you. Yeah, but everything else, everything, yeah, everything else, else is a lot better. I agree. Yeah. Uh, for me, like, How about my, you? What do you think? My fi- yeah, I think it's totally better than season one. But kind of like in a... Um, I know this is like not the most... Um, how do I say this? Not the best basis for everything. But personally, I think it's a great basis for... Uh, first movies and second movies, but it's a Shrek 1 and Shrek 2 situation. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, yeah. Shrek 1 is amazing because it established the world, but Shrek 2 just expanded everything. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. And that's yeah, what Umbrella I agree. Academy is. Like, 1 is good for what it is, and 2 is a great follow-up. Yeah, I like a sequel that builds on what the first one establishes. It doesn't... Yeah. And, and expands. Great thing. Exactly, it expands yeah. on it. So... Like the, in season one, you have the commission, right? Yeah. And then in season two, they they go deeper into what the commission is about, like how the inner workings of the commission, yeah. the the levels of uh, how they, like the reason why they do the things that they do, and, and who they are. More, That's the exactly. Yeah. How mundane the employees were. Yeah, it's in funny how secret, uh, organization. organization of yeah. like time police, but it's so bureaucratic. Yeah. It's basically like a desk job. Exactly. I love that irony. Yeah. And um, what, what was I going to say again? Oh, yeah. My other thing that I love about season two as compared to season one was because um, the, the family's already established. They don't all hate yeah. each other. Because like in season one, they hated each other and they were forced to work together. Yeah. In season two, they all already established this familial bond. And there are a lot more like family team up moments, and that's what I. Yeah, they hug it. more. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they just to put it. Simply, they, hug they hug more, more. and they miss each other. Yeah. <laughs> and like I love the the it was such a such a like stroke of genius that they they started the season separated. I like yeah. that because then it allowed them to grow as characters uh, apart from each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, except for Ben and Klaus, but they kind of come as like a combo pack. Yeah. But like. Uh, everyone else like they they develop in their own ways apart from the siblings so like luther because i don't know if when he was injected with the 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 monkey dna that he also got a monkey brain but he's not very (laughs) smart well so five said in one scene like it's finally happened the monkey dna has taken over your brain too Oh yeah, he did say that. Yeah. I, I I don't know if he's actually did he actually mean that, but whatever. He's like he's like he's the dumbest one for some reason, and I think he, he just instantly is. resorts to fighting. I think it's not just the monkey DNA. I think that's just his personality. He's very yeah, emotional. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, he's emotional and he relies on his strength a lot. You know, like like a man. Yeah, he's the but typical. Like, he's the Captain America type character. Exactly. He's the Superman. Yeah. The very straight laced. Um, the cliche, type yeah. guy. The yeah. cliche male protagonist. 
So he he's the first one that's that's shown, and he's alone, and he's like in the, the furthest to the past. Yeah. Uh, wait, are we gonna talk about the ending of season one first? And um, then... I guess as a whole. Okay. Um, before we get into spoilers, last thing I want to yeah. say is, um, at first I was afraid that season two would be at the start of the episode. I was like, it's the same exact problem again for the same. I was gonna say yeah. People to solve, but then I was so happy that I was wrong about that because it went completely differently. And yeah. there is closure in the end of the season. That's what I like. Exactly. It's it's more closure than season one had. Yeah. Because season one is completely open ended. Like nothing yeah. absolved. But, <laughs> it's true. Nothing. But here yeah. it's like everything you're concerned about is gonna be addressed. Like don't worry about it. And the cliffhanger yeah, it gets wrapped up nice. Exactly. The cliffhanger yeah. is not related. It's not related to the current story. To the main plot. Exactly. Main that plot. that's how you do cliffhangers. That's how yeah. you do it. You don't have to make it like completely related every single time because people are gonna get sick of that. They're like, oh man, I yeah, never get satisfied. Exactly. That's how I felt. Like random example, but like Pirates of the Caribbean, the second one. Yeah. What's the second one called? Dead Man's Chest. Was Isn't that Dead, Dead Man's Chest? Chest? Yeah, it's Dead Man's Chest. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. at World's End is the third one. Yeah. That ends in like a big cliffhanger, and it didn't even resolve the story. And I remember just being kind of upset at the end as a kid when I watched yeah. that. And that feeling kind of came back with Umbrella Academy season one. Like, oh man, that's it again? Like, yeah, I, I invested like 12 hours to this show for nothing. <laughs> I guess it's not for nothing per se, but I get what you mean. But like, I guess the thing that season one mostly tries to uh, accomplish is establish the characters first, the world that they live in, yeah. and the dynamics. Yeah, exactly. But the, the plot kind of just, it Go goes and then, Go yeah, exactly, yeah. Because the plot in season one doesn't really fully take place until, like, let's say, the latter half. Because it's a lot of establishing. Yeah, lot of establishing. until, like, the last, like, three or four episodes. That's when it, it gets really into gear. Which is basically, like, the climax already of the season. It's, it's exactly. When, it's when the plot picks up. Which is why yeah. I, I understand why it had to end that way, I guess. I, much to your dismay. <laughs> it I had mean, to yeah. end that way. Yeah. I mean, it got me watching season two, at least. Yeah. So, there's that. So, um, any last non-spoilery things you want to say about season two before we get into spoilers? Um, I like the... Oh, season two, like any good sequel does, it it takes um, parts in the previous season or like in the previous like in, in installation in the series and it does an even better version of it. Yeah. Because like, an, here's a random example again. In the X-Men movies, um, the the first class one, starting with first mm-hmm. class and onwards, there's always going to be a scene with Quicksilver doing something in slow motion. And they have to make it better. Yeah. Exactly. And they have to keep one-upping themselves. And Umbrella Academy Season 2 does that. I'm yeah. not going to spoil the scene, but there's a scene with Five that was in Season 1 that they did again in Season 2, but they did it so much better. And it, I, I loved it for that. Okay, we're going to talk about that later, that scene. Okay, we'll I talk think, about that later. I think I am guessing what that scene is. Another yeah. comparison, another random comparison, the way you put it, is, um, you know, De- have you seen Deadpool 2? Yes, yeah. Um, that's the way I think you shouldn't do a, a sequel. Because it was like, it, it took that rule. It took the make, do everything you do in part one, in part two, would make it bigger. But it was kind yeah. of forced. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, like, yeah. let's just do it like times two without a reason. There's no reason for why you're making it that much bigger. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I never and noticed that, that actually. That's why I think Deadpool 2 was so. It felt 
so commercial to me compared to the period of one. It exactly one was such a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Same with Umbrella Academy, but luckily Umbrella Academy two uh, avoids that pitfall of being yeah. like, okay, now we have to please the fans because we have fans now. Yeah, we have to make it better just to make it better for no reason at all. Yeah, exactly. I I think like the nice thing about season two is it's a whole. It makes season one um, complete. Like it's yeah, not a separate it, it entity. It's like yeah. It's like part one and part two, and you gotta see both. It's like not it's, unrelated. It's like Infinity War and and, and exactly. Endgame. Speaking yeah. of Endgame, this season two felt so much like Endgame. It did for so it many did. reasons, especially the especially the final final episodes. Yeah. So I guess that's a good segue for us to talk about spoilers. Yeah. So if you if haven't, haven't seen yeah. Umbrella Academy, I'm sorry you were gonna say that. So you, go, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> okay, no. If you haven't seen Umbrella Academy, please, please do. And always two. support original content. Yeah, it's nice to see new things that aren't like Marvel or DC. Yeah, there aren't sequels yeah. basically to yeah long existing properties. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, um, fair enough. You've been warned. Spoilers. So if you if you haven't seen it and you're still listening, well, uh, dear loss, I guess you're not gonna. You're a masochist. Well. Yeah, you're a masochist, or you just have no. <laughs> interest in watching Umbrella Academy season two. So yeah. you're lost, They only man. have interest in our voice and in our, our voices. Thank you. I'm so flattered. <laughs> Thank you for sticking around. <laughs> so anyways, uh, let, let's get on to spoilers. So okay, what was that scene you were talking about? Oh, because there's always yeah. a scene where five, in season one, five goes on a murder spree in season one. Yeah. When he's being hunted down by these guys in like the donut shop. In the diner. The cafe. Yeah, yeah. The diner, sorry, yeah. And he go teleports and does these crazy kills and whatever. And that was amazing. That blew my yeah. mind. I was like, that reminded me of that scene. I keep jumping to different examples. But like you said, Umbrella Academy is like That's many things, many yeah. influences. Because it reminded me of the church scene in... Kingsman. Um, Kingsman. Kingsman, exactly. Yeah. You thought of the same thing. Yeah. So, and they do it again in season two in the boardroom in the commission. Yeah. But they do it in such a way where they don't even show the violence fully. But it's shot so well. And I don't know if it was like an actual camera, if it was a CGI. But either way, the framing was really good. It was more exhilarating. And the, it was like bright colors and the music was playing. Yeah, funky music. Yeah. And, um, and that's another thing. Now that you bring up Kingsman, uh, Umbrella Academy reminds me a lot of another director, Matthew Vaughn. Is it, is that Matthew, Matthew Vaughn. Vaughn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He directed uh, the, the new X-Men stuff like First Class. Um, yeah, he did first class. First class and Kickass and Kingsman, which oh, are okay. very much like Umbrella Academy. Umbrella Academy, you're right. right? Same same genre, and they they also use happy music like when they're they showing violence. The violence. Yeah. yeah, which I I hope they don't overdo that because I really enjoy it. So I hope not everyone keeps doing that thing. Yeah, it's gonna lose. I, I see effect. what you mean. Yeah. It's not it, yeah. It's not something that's exclusive to Umbrella Academy, but it has to be done sparingly because I can yeah. see, um, because they did that with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy in a good way. Yeah. But then, uh, Suicide Squad tried to do it, but they it did like it corrupted so the, like, the intent of it. it felt yeah, it's so felt like a music unpure. video. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like you're just doing that because you want to do it. There's no reason. Exactly. Why you're doing like it. like you said before, where you said like Deadpool two tried to be big for the sake of just being big for the yeah. fans. And yeah. not just because there's a real like, emotional purpose for it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. What I love about the soundtrack also, since we're talking about that, is if you listen to the words of the songs while they're showing scenes, it applies to yeah. the scene. 
so well thought out. It, like I said, I mean, I already brought up um, like Guardians of the Galaxy, but that's for me, that's the pinnacle of choosing the right soundtrack because you don't just choose a song for the mood, which yeah. helps, but like even the lyrics, the lyrics, like they, they fit into the, the, the scene that's happening in such a clever way. And you can tell that thought was put into it. And just that alone shows that the writers really cared about the show while they were making it. Exactly, which I co- completely... Uh, would like to use as a descriptor for this entire season. There's a lot of thought put into it. And there's a lot of yeah. heart put into it too. That's exactly. what I think sets it apart from a lot of existing things is there's a lot of emotion in it and it doesn't feel like contrived. Yeah, it every I mean they feel like siblings, but it feels like a real at family, the same yeah. time. Yeah, at the same time they feel like individuals, which I like. Like I was worried because um, Ben uh, is a, is dead and he's a ghost. So he's yeah. always tied with Klaus. So I was worried he would only have to interact with Klaus. But they did this interesting thing where Ben can possess Klaus yeah. and he was able to talk to Diego and then they hugged. And I was like, oh, that's, that's right. They're, like, they're brothers moment. and they miss yeah. each other. Yeah. And then there's that scene where um, Ben talked to Vanya, which is really emotional. Very Infinity yeah, when, War. Yeah, when, <laughs> yeah, because he faded away. He faded away. Because I, I forget, I forget that everyone else misses Ben. You know, they, yeah. I, and that's that's one of the reasons why I feel that the family dynamic was better explored in season two because they got to expand the powers in a way that helped the writing. Yeah, it's like yeah, that's what I love also about uh, Umbrella Academy is it, they're not just a family of uh, superheroes who have superpowers and do things, but like there's a purpose for everything. Like yeah. the powers affect the story and affect the emotion and affect the connections of the characters. Yeah. And the powers also ring true to the to their personalities where like like Luther, like we said, he's very headstrong. He he thinks with his fists, you know, and yeah. And like uh number two, uh, Diego, he's all about trying to be a superhero and the righteous one. And, like, he wants to be this is a, yeah, and this is a bit of a reach. But you know how like he always bends things yeah. and like redirects them. He does that too with his emotions. He doesn't want to be too sensitive, but exactly. really he's like probably the most sensitive guy out of all of them. He's the mama's boy, which was established is, in season two, uh, season one. Oh my yeah. god, dude! There's there's a scene um where they're talking to Reginald again yeah. in the back. They, they're at the dinner table, yeah. yeah. And I love that scene. But there's a part where Reginald like tears into him. He says like, "Oh, you're." doing all the superhero shit because you feel like you want to prove yourself to, to me as it a It was father. so spot on. It was so spot on. And he cried. Yeah. And he started, he started stuttering. That's something that I yeah. forget. When he was a kid, he had a stutter when he was nervous. And it came back. And they brought it. And I, and I felt yeah. like the emotions. Like, oh, he's, and dude, he's like just, a kid again. It just had to be Diego who saw the person their mom was based on. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's revealed that because their mom's a robot, right? Mm. So it's revealed that... Um, she was someone that Reginald used to see or go out with. Yeah. Which begs it's the question. I, yeah, go on. Is she like based on her or is that her? Just like replaced with a robot. Yeah, like, like did she die and her memories are transplanted to the robot or is she a cyborg? Yeah, or is she like, is the robot just purely based on her looks wise and that's it? Oh, that's true. Maybe it has her like capacity to care for the kids. Yeah. Like her motherly side, but it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't have her, her memories. I don't know. So like, okay, if we're just theorizing here, 
what happened to the original? Like, was she killed? And then Reggie just I, wanted to make her live on somehow. I think that's... I mean, obviously, it's going to be explored in season three. Yeah. But yeah, so theory time. I feel like she would die or sacrifice herself and it would have something to do with Reginald. It's definitely because of Reggie. Yeah. Because a, a twist in the end of season two, Reginald's not human. Yeah. He's like an alien He's or an something alien. like that. Yeah. yeah. Like, what the heck? It was like MIB. Like, he rips yeah. his face off. And, and I didn't see me, that coming. To me, it was like, oh, so that explains it. It explains why he's so cold and so yeah. rational all the time instead of, like, emotional. Yeah, I said, like, I didn't see it coming, but it wasn't a surprise, yeah. if that makes sense. Like, it, it logically makes sense, which is great writing. Like, it clicks. Like, you didn't expect yeah, exactly. it, but it clicks. It Adam Sandler clicks. Hey, another great <laughs> movie for another episode. So, okay, those were the good parts and we're fanboying about it so much. Was there anything you didn't like about season two? I didn't fully like the one with... I'm talking really slowly because I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, um, go ahead. It's fine. What was her name? Uh, the girl that she was, she was taken in by the head of the commission? Lila, Lila. Lila, there yeah, you go. Lila. I I don't know. Like I I like her as a character, but I feel like they could have done more with her, and then she just disappears at the end. But I I guess it's a season three know. thing. It's gonna be a season three. Yeah, thing, I think. I, I suppose. Yeah. Also, since, I'm trying to think. Oh, go ahead. It's hard to think about like cons. Like that's how good the season was. I couldn't really exactly. think of a con. Um, what I'm gonna say is like not exactly something that's so bad about it, but emotionally, it's something that that made me feel bad which is a good okay, go point on. for the show i felt yeah. bad when that elliot guy died man i was so affected oh dude yeah, yeah. the conspiracy theorist guy yeah. like, he's just an innocent bystander. Uh, they did that in season one too wait there was a who died? oh wait is it Diego's... there was an innocent guy it's diego's no, no. Ex, right? who died did she oh yeah he was killed um, but not innocent but yeah, but there was this other random guy who was um, randomly tortured by Hazel and Chacha in season one. Oh yeah, one. The, the guy who worked in the car repair shop. Yeah, but he wasn't developed, so no one cared about him. Yeah, But, but I feel like they did the it. same thing in season two. Like He was also tortured, and he was also used to propel Brutally. the plot forward, but he was developed, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like superhero movies always need an Uncle Ben figure. They, yeah, Cause like, it just so happens that the Uncle Ben here is like a weird... Weirdo. Conspiracy theorist nut. Yeah. But he's like super relatable. Because like I'm guessing yeah. the, the fans of Umbrella Academy are really like Elliot. Like we're weirdos. We're yeah. The fans Always of like inspiring, Academy. trying to theorize. Yeah. And oh, here's, here's something. I just thought of a con. Um, but it's not a super big con. Mm-hmm. But did you see that um, thing with Vanya and the woman Missy? Did you see that coming? Did you feel that? Did you no, the... I did not at all. But okay, me too. <laughs> but I have friends who are part of the LGBT community, and they yeah. were like, they knew it from the very beginning. So I guess really? it's just not okay, something maybe my gaydar is just off. Our gaydar is just super off. I always felt, I always felt like, because there was, she was like telling, Missy was telling her stories. Yeah. And she would say, well, okay, sissy, for, right? sissy, I, right? sissy, sissy, or Missy. I think it's sissy, sissy, right? Yes. Yeah, oh yeah. Anyway, like, so Sissy is this woman who adopts Vanya, kind of adopts Vanya. They, they take because her she, in. They, yeah, they she got... shows up in the 1960s and she yeah. lost her memory. But she was hit by their car. That's yeah, why. she was hit by their car, which caused amnesia. Yeah. And I, I saw her, 
I thought she saw her as like a daughter figure because she looked a lot older than her. Exactly. And suddenly she kissed her. I, I mean, there are parts where she was like sharing uh, like life lessons. Like when I was a young girl, this is what I had to do. I had yeah. to like give up on my dreams to become a housewife. This is basically what she said. But then you gotta like remember that the Umbrella Academy kids are 30, basically like 30 yeah, years old. Yeah, I think it's just because Ellen Page always looks young. You that, yeah, she didn't age. She never aged from yeah. since the X-Men days. Yeah, exactly. So I guess that's why I wish either they could have, I don't know, maybe it's a subjective thing, but I wish they developed it more either beforehand or, yeah. I think our gaydar is just off, man. Maybe, yeah, maybe my gaydar is just off. Because, like, dude, I didn't see it either. But I also thought, I was like, whoa. I also thought it was something like finally someone just to talk to. Yeah, exactly. That's how it came off to me. Right? Because her kid is on the spectrum. So she, he's, He's not exactly the easiest person to deal with, yeah. and the dad's like really distant and at work all the time. Yeah. So I thought Daniel was just, prick. you know, a friend. But yeah. turns out, oops, nope, there's something more. Okay, how I saw it. Okay, so maybe there were some hints that she liked Vanya, but I didn't get the hint that Vanya liked her back. I never got that feeling. I think until suddenly when she kissed her back. Uh, from Vanya's perspective, she was mistreated by everyone in her life. Like literally, I guess the closest relation she had was with her siblings. Psycho. Oh, okay. I thought the psycho from season one. General relationships. Uh, Her siblings are the closest thing she has, and they also fought with her. So it's like, here's this one person who's just nice to me all the time. I kind of read online in this meme that said Vanya's like a simp. (laughs) She is! Anyone who's nice to her should immediately fall in love with her. Which I don't blame her for. That's just because she was mistreated. Yeah, exactly. I don't blame her for that. Because everyone in her like, life was not nice to her. Yeah, she was. she's looking for that, that acceptance and validation that she never got from her family. So she just finds it in random lovers, I guess. Which makes sense because, like, um, for Vanya, I, think, I don't think she'd care about the gender so much. Cause no, she no just, I never got that vibe. Yeah, because she just... If someone loves her, she'll just love them back. Like, I'm not, I'm yeah. no expert on the, like, uh, LGBT spectrum, and I don't want to offend yeah. anyone with, like, my, my assumptions. But, like, I guess what matters for Vanya is, like, as long as the person loves her back. Okay, also, what I like about season two is, um, we mentioned earlier there was a lot more hugging, a lot more sibling moments. Yeah. I like that scene where Klaus and the sisters had this moment in the salon. Just talking oh, yeah, about yeah, yeah. their personal lives. Yeah. Because we never really saw that before. Exactly. And I guess that's uh, that's from taken from like again, it, it season two is basically season one, but like leveled up. Because there's that scene in season one where they're all dancing, but in yeah. their separate rooms. Yeah. But this one, they're dancing, but in, in the, the same, same room. room. It shows <laughs> the growth of their 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 bond, which I really, really like. And yeah. another thing that season two does compared to season one is because it's a period piece, the set design, I feel, is a lot better. Not that so season good, one had dude. bad set design. Yeah. But season two set designs, like, it felt like you were, they were actually in the 60s. And, do the, and I the, should know. I've been there. <laughs> we, I mean, we were born back then, so we should know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I really appreciated about it, besides the, the production design, which with any period film is very impressive. Because, like, exactly. you have to create everything. Nothing yeah, can be as travel is. through time. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. But like the cars, the buildings, everything. 
Um, I really appreciate the the color grading too. I don't yeah. know if like it's a requirement for Netflix shows to have awesome color grading, but it was really good. Remind yeah, me of Sex very... Education. You watch Sex Education? Oh yeah, I I watched a couple episodes. I I need to continue that. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, a really it, good it, series. It's very vibrant. It's very yeah. but the colors pop on screen. It's kind of retro at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah, which makes sense because it's in the past, so that yeah. makes sense. So it's like. It looks like a Lomo camera. Like that's the look I think. It does. Yeah. There's a there's a constant Instagram filter on top of it. Yeah, but, but it's not, not bad. to the point where it's obnoxious. Yeah, exactly. It's a good Instagram filter. It doesn't have that like black frame around it. Like we all had. It yeah, it doesn't have like the vignette. Like <laughs> yeah. this is like a, they put an Instagram filter, but they still mess with the settings. They like, yeah, exactly. Made it, yeah. It wasn't just like filter post. And it was like done. yeah, exactly. Contrast, brightness, saturation. Yeah, it, yeah, they yeah. Messed with everything. <laughs> That's another whole, thing. That's another thing. The time travel aspect. I think. Yeah. Because there's so much in this. There's superheroes. There's, um, there's romance. There's family dynamics. But the main thing is time travel, and there's so much you could get wrong about that. But I think Umbrella Academy does it in the cleanest way possible. Yeah. The the thing I love about Umbrella Academy is that it's it feels like two comic books in one. It's a superhero comic, but it's also a time travel story. It's kind of like, like you can literally Endgame. make a story about just the commission by itself, and yeah. that would be its own thing. And you can have one where it's just the Umbrella Academy kids by themselves, but they meld in a way that makes sense. It doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like two ideas clashing. It's like two ideas that are complementary to one another. Exactly. Or, and also, I was worried where like, Oh, all the commission stuff, that's just for five. Like, five mm-hmm. is the only thing, only character that can interact with them. But then they got Diego in Diego there, yeah. which I really, I really appreciated. Diego, for me, like, he started opening up in a way that, that I didn't expect from his character. Because in season one, I thought he was the only one that wanted to be a hero because he knew it was right. Yeah. Like, oh, we have these powers, so we should use them responsibly. So he was coming off as, like, you know, the straight-laced guy. like that. But then in season two, you, you realize he only wants to be a hero is just because he wants to prove himself to his dad. Yeah. Which, it, like, opens it, up this whole can of worms. Now that you mentioned that, uh, another thing I love about season two is, yeah, they show more of the motivation as to why exactly. they're doing these things. It's like, for example, with Klaus and uh, Ben. Right? Klaus is kind of a dick to Ben. I mean... Yeah. The way I saw it was like, come on, man. He's already a ghost. You can at least be nice to him. But it yeah. turns out it's coming from this place of guilt where Klaus yeah. thought it's his fault why Ben's not in heaven, which is why he has this misplaced, like, mean energy towards Ben. It's because he yeah, felt kind of guilty for it. Yeah, exactly. He feels shameful for, like, tying him down to the mortal realm yeah. without helping him uh, transcend or move on or, you know. But it turns out, like, it's it's not even he wasn't the reason so Klaus felt like no, really yeah. so wait, what what was the thing that made Ben like go into Ben was afraid that's Evan. it he just said he was afraid of leaving oh okay it's, it's not because Klaus told him to stay but it's because he was just afraid of leaving it was his own I thought decision. it was because he wanted to talk to Vanya about something what did he say to Vanya again oh he told Vanya like the last thing he whispered before he evaporated into the afterlife I guess was um, he wanted to tell Klaus that he didn't stay because Klaus told him to. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So he it, wanted... Okay, that's, that's really sweet. Yeah. But Klaus has this, like, really 
relatable way of coping to things where he's always God, indirect. Yeah. Like yeah. when Vanya told uh, Klaus that, Klaus's response was just like, ah, let's show off. Or like, he just be altruistic to show off. <laughs> That was the, that's the thing. Okay, the the thing with uh, all the siblings, they handle the trauma of how they were raised very differently, which I really really enjoyed. They're not the same. They show the trauma or like, um, yeah, like like trauma affects you in different ways. Like with Luther, he's he is in denial that he was he's that he's traumatized basically. Yeah. And with Diego, he he deals with his trauma by trying to validate himself by being a hero very batman yeah exactly and and then allison she tries to control everything in her life she's trying to make everything perfect she's trying to be the superstar i mean she's the one she's like an actor or something and everyone loves her so she's also getting that validation from an outside source but in season two allison's arc was like okay in season one she wanted validation from everyone yeah in season two it was more like she's trying to correct it she's like trying to earn everything yeah, I which I feel is the healthy way to do it. Yeah. Like Allison's growth was really nice in season two, where she's like, okay, I want to do something that is beyond me. That's just not just about me. It's about like this this um this act, this movement, you know. And so and like um, but the fourth, who's the fourth one? Uh, fourth one is Klaus. Klaus, yeah. Okay, so Klaus, how he handles his trauma is he just drinks and he just does drugs Substance and he abuse. just. Basically. Yeah, like basically, he buries the trauma with like pleasure. Basically, like yeah. he has all these like orgies and it's a very hedonistic crazy way shit. of dealing with. Shit. Yeah, but then he meets someone and he falls in love, and then that's the one thing that actually like reaches past his like heart that's trying to push everyone yeah. away. And it's like you don't Which, blame him for being the substance abusing guy yeah. he is because yeah. his power, I think is the most emotionally draining to have. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He like he and not just that he he traveled to Vietnam yeah. and went through the Vietnam war. So on top of the trauma of having an abusive father and having the power to talk to the dead, he also went through a war he also and has lost PTSD. his lover. Yeah. He has PTSD on top of that. Like poor guy, like he he has it the worst out of all of the characters, I feel. That's the thing about Klaus. He's like, he's not the smartest one, but he's the most emotionally connected with people. Yeah. But I guess that makes sense. If he can talk to the dead, he should exactly. be able to communicate properly. And I think he's the most and, open-minded. Yeah, to anything. he is. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, we got Klaus done with. Uh, and then five, like um, five. No, five Ben. The thing I like, also another thing about season two is they just, they flash out Ben. They gave him a, an arc character. Yeah. He's a goofy, dorky nerd. And, I like and he's that. just not that guy attached to Klaus anymore. He has his own thing going on yeah <laughs> i like when the, the what's the name of the actor of klaus robert, uh, robert Sheehan. Sheehan, yeah. yeah he freaking transforms when when ben possesses his body he's a yeah. different character he like the the girl that uh, ben likes when he was talking to her she's saying like oh i like this version of you you're like dorkier and like kind of socially awkward you kind of like forget he's acting you're like okay he's yeah. really possessed by ben <laughs> yeah which I'm not surprised by because this actor is not even American. I think he's like Irish or something. I think he's Irish. Sheehan is an Irish name, I think. Yeah. yeah like, and in like interviews, Sheeran, I guess. he has like an Irish accent. Very thick accent. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, dude, this guy's a great actor. Like I would have like totally guessed he was American. Which is yeah. like a weird double standard America has. Because if you've noticed in movies, it's super rare to find a foreigner who's bad at acting. But there's a lot of Americans who are bad at acting. 
that are bad at being foreigners. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't want to uh, say names. I mean, not like they're listening or anything, but I just want to spread negative. I was going to say, who are you trying not to offend? <laughs> yeah, it's not like, uh, I don't know. It's not like Anne Hathaway listens to my podcast. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, when I, mean, I think the reason why that happens is if you want to make it in America as a foreigner, you have to be super good. You have to know how to do an American accent. Yeah. yeah. But if you're an American trying to make it in America, it's kind of easier for you. I'm not saying it's easy in general, but it's easier than it is easier. It, yeah. yeah. As a foreigner. So that's why I think actors like Robert Sheehan are so good. It's because the yeah. ones who are subpar don't get into Hollywood. I think this is also the benefit of casting. I don't want to say unknowns, but like not super known. They're not super yeah. famous. I think the most famous person in this cast is like Ellen Page. And she's not even like... Um, she's not even like super huge, but yeah. she's known. But like when you get an actor like Robert Sheehan, who's relatively unknown, yeah. he blends into his character. He is Klaus, which I always liked. And same with, same with Five. Um, what's his name? Aiden um, Gallagher. Yeah. I think it's a is nice he related about- to... Who, is he related who, who. to the Gallagher's of like you know the band Oasis? Oh, I'm not. I'm not sure if they're related though. Oh, you, you can always right. research. Um, I'll look it up later. But that's the thing about these uh, superhero roles. I think if you're an unknown cast in it, you kind of attach to it already forever. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of like Tom Holland will never not be Spider-Man. Same with Tobey Maguire, dude. He's Spider-Man to us until now, and that was like 20 years ago. Yeah. And he, he's no one else except Spider-Man. <laughs> like, yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, he tried to do like uh, serious drama, roles in like Sea Biscuit yeah. and The Great Gatsby, but I just say like, oh, look, it's Spider Man on a horse. Exactly. <laughs> Which is, I think, the risk when you take on a superhero role. Like, um, yeah. it's gonna limit you a lot. Like, yeah, yeah. That's why Edward Norton left uh, the Hulk role because he oh, didn't just want to okay. be. Because if he was gonna no be the Hulk, Hulk, he'll be known as the Hulk plus. He won't have time to do other projects because it's like project after project. Whereas Mark Ruffalo, that's Mark Ruffalo, right? That's his name. Um, yeah. He had nothing to lose. He was like, you know what? I want to be a superhero. I'm not doing yeah. huge projects right now anyway. And it worked. It worked out. Same way like Robert, uh, I almost said Robert De Niro. Um, what's his friend? RDJ, yeah. Robert Downey oh, I thought Jr. you were going to say Robert Sheehan. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr., like he is Iron Man now. So any other role that he does after that is like, it's just going to be Iron Man in a different role. Yeah. Not that he can't like not do it. I mean, freaking uh, Sherlock Holmes. Harry Potter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Daniel Radcliffe. Like, yeah. There's that, that danger of him only being Harry Potter, but he does these like crazy roles. Like, have you seen like Swiss Army Man? Oh, yeah, yeah, I have. And but that's Guns the that's a yeah. thing, though. He's still Harry Potter. I suppose, but I don't know. Like, because he does all these like batshit crazy roles, he's able to blend into the character instead of being like a, just a regular guy. Like, like Robert Pattinson. I never watched Twilight, yeah. but you know Robert Pattinson. He's he's oh, it's it's uh it's Edward yeah. Edward Cullen. But have you seen The Lighthouse? Yeah, dude. I, I finally watched. Okay. It again. Wait, no, we talked about this then, like in the last in the podcast, last one, yeah. Like, yeah, anyway, like, same. Like, he blends in the character because he's such a crazy character. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So I think the, the one way you can tell if an actor broke out of that role they were attached to is if you refer to them as the actor and not the role. Ah, uh, you're, yeah, like, you're right. For example, um, Gagadot, she's referred to as Wonder Woman by so many people and not yeah. as Gagadot. And she's, 
She's like, in a a new movie coming up that I'm excited to watch. Um, what is it? Death on the Nile. Oh, I haven't seen the trailer yet. It's the it's the, the sequel to yeah, it's a sequel to Murder on the Orient Express. So Ooh, it's, it's those nice. like those novels. Have you seen that one? Mystery. Yeah, I've, I've seen Murder on the Orient Express. It was fun, but I liked it. Um, Knives Out did the same genre like way better. Yeah, Knives Out stepped up the game yeah. in, in a whole other level. Plus, Murder, it's an original story. It's not based on a novel. Exactly. Murder on the Orient Express is the cliche type of whodunit. Then, um, I suppose. But the ending is... A, there was a big twist in the ending, which I, I really like. But that's mostly because of the writer, the original author. What's yeah, it's because of the, the source material. That's why. Yeah, what was the name of the writer? Shit. Wait, it's okay. okay this, keep talking. I'll look this up. This isn't a book podcast anyway. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, how do we go back to Umbrella Academy? Okay, so uh, books. Conclude, Umbrella Academy is based on a book. <laughs> to conclude uh, our discussion on Umbrella Academy, because I think we've been like um, praising it for like the last hour already. So, um, oh wait, sorry. Here's a random thing that I wanted to bring up. Oh, yeah, um, go ahead. So we kept the th- okay. We kept talking about how the powers are vague, right? Yeah, yeah. I always I I appreciate that because it allows the writers to do crazy things without it seeming like it's weird in terms of mm-hmm. like the powers. Because they never define what their powers are, they can make Diego bend all those bullets. Remember in this in yeah. the final episode yeah, when yeah. The, all those people shot those bullets and he like bend bend them the away trajectory of it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, he can bend bullets, but I never thought of him bending all those bullets at once. However, like my rebuttal to that would be, you gotta put bounds somehow because it can't just yeah, be like. Yeah. They can do anything they want, which is why I don't like it when there's magic in movies. I mean, uh, yeah, fine, Harry Potter, stuff where magic is actually part of the story, that's fine. But like, when there's magic involved, it's like, then why didn't he just use magic? Like, for example... Yeah, like, like, now, now there are no boundaries. Yeah, like, in Marvel, in the MCU, when Doctor Strange got involved, I mean, Thor, Thor was already magic enough. But like, yeah, when exactly. Doctor Strange got involved, I don't hate it, but it makes everything more complicated because... Why didn't he bring Iron Man back to life the way he brought a freaking apple back to life? Yeah, and there's that there's that one that keeps going around. Like, why didn't he use the rings to chop off uh, Thanos' arm? Exactly. It's magic. If he can like, summon a ring anywhere, when you don't have limits, it kind of um, makes the story less relatable. I think. Yeah. Which is, I guess that's that's my hope for season three that they better define. The, the powers more the limitations but, yeah yeah but but now I, I i appreciate that it's kind of hazy but you can it, it they haven't pushed it too far thankfully yeah. like the bullet bending one i feel like was almost to the limit but it it, mm-hmm. it was at a point that it made sense because yeah duh, he can bend bullets so why can't he bend all those bullets at once i think um because that surprised me to that scene maybe yeah. that, that was the first time diego ever did it like out of necessity yeah. he had to do it i i get the feeling like because um, uh, Reggie Reginald, he yeah. told he told Klaus like um, like what a shame you never fully unlocked like the capabilities of your powers. I feel like that applies to all of them. Yeah, like maybe five less so because he was very he was very serious. He's very yeah. like hell bent on on developing his powers. But like, like too I feel, much. I feel he like was... everyone else. Exactly too much. He five was... was like trying to be ahead of himself too much. Reginald even told him like. You gotta slow down. You gotta take smaller steps. Yeah, because he's jumping years. Like, why not go seconds? Yeah, jump seconds first. Really good, really good. Oh, I love that uh, part. 
they planted that and they're like, oh shoot, when they all died. Oh man, that scene when they died though, that, that was yeah, that was, was a great so scene. I was like, oh shit, they just kill everybody. Here's here's one plot hole though. Yeah. Um so in the opening in season in the opening season two, Luther takes um, a rocket, like yeah. an RPG to the back because he's yeah. got that gorilla strength, right? Yeah. How did he die by the bullets? Wouldn't he be He was shot in the head, dude. He was shot in the head. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Okay. If I remember no correctly, <laughs> I think they were all shot in the head except five, which is why five was okay. still alive. Yeah, because Diego was like shot in the neck or something. Yeah. That was yeah. so brutal, though. I guess that makes sense because like five is so small. So he yeah. probably, if she was she shooting like this, yeah. she, he, since he's so short, they probably missed his head. Yeah, but still got him in the like chest yeah. and stuff like that. And that last part, dude, gave me like super endgame vibes. Oh, and like, like, not just, not that one. I mean, like the climax. Because that was like, you know how the oh. last episode was kind of like after the climax already? When they all yes. saved yeah. the day already? Which I really yeah. appreciated because I don't like it when they drag on the climax to the very last second of it. I like it if there's like yeah. this epilogue that's not where exactly you, it, related. Where it resolves itself. Yeah, it resolves yeah. itself and you see where everyone is now. Yeah, there's like yeah. a mini mission after the main mission. Yeah. In this one, there which is, I really yeah. appreciated. Because like, what I was afraid of is like, because I'm not a binger. When I was watching the last episode, I was like, oh man, I hope I can take a break before the last episode. And they resolved the whole Vanya issue. And the next episode okay. was going to be about the kid who got the power. So I'm like, okay, I can take a break. It doesn't have to be all the way straight to the end. Yeah, because I, I, yeah, I thought that the final episode would be the same as like season one where they, oh, okay, we figured out what causes the apocalypse. Now that we stopped it, we're done. Yeah. But then there was like a couple episodes after that. It led to this natural like, if this was season one, it would have ended with the kid with the powers, and then that's the end of the season. Yeah. I was actually, when that happened, I, was, I, checked, I checked what episode I was on. I was like, oh, am I on the finale already? Like, like oh, oh, no, there's like two more episodes. Oh, no. Like, what's going to happen after? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, now that we're at the ending, um, so what do you think is in store in season three? Okay, that, yeah, I was expecting this question, but I'm excited. Yeah. I feel like... Um, because they met i don't know how time travel works in this one like is it a linear timeline is it a split timeline i don't think it's linear yeah because like the there's so many possible it's a multiverse kind of thing because yeah the the commission acknowledges the fact that multiple realities happen yes but they're trying to make their reality clean their Mm -hmm. one reality so because of all their meddling in the 60s when they came back to their present they they messed everything up but but be, when they went back to the present wouldn't they just be them like why are they why is there another yeah, version of it's them? Very that's messy. why I was that's what I was asking like is this linear because if it was linear they would go back and they wouldn't have a, a double but I they do it's and it's a different version of them yeah they probably like ended up in another universe i think um the doubles and this is just me theorizing. It's not going to be them because that would be so complicated. Mm. Like, I think they're completely different children except Ben. Oh. Ben okay, could be that's like fair. Because they just showed silhouettes, right? They didn't show yeah. who they were. And they were like. They didn't even show like a big guy yeah. or like, you know, it's not obvious silhouettes. It was like, because they're like 40 something kids born that day. Yeah. So there are other possibilities. Yeah. But we're just sure Ben's there. Yeah, for sure. 
I, I was sad when Ben disappeared. Like, oh, I like the actor now because he like, he actually got to act more. Yeah. But then they brought him back for season three in, in, in an interesting way. It's which like I really dark appreciate. timeline Ben. What do they call the Sparrow Academy? Oh, Sparrow, yeah, Sparrow not Academy. Umbrella, Sparrow. So I think Why Sparrow. They, well, it will be explained, I guess, in, yeah. in the next season. I think it's not the reality. Like they do time travel so hard to talk about. But I like, know. I think it's not the one reality, but they just ended up on a alternate reality. So it's either five messed up again, or they. Oh, like is this their reality, but they messed it up because of the meddling with the timeline? Or did they just end up jumping to the wrong one? Yeah, like, I think it's maybe I don't a know a little bit of both. <laughs> Could be. I, yeah. Oh man, it, with this time travel but, stuff is like messing with my brain. I know it's like hurting my head. I was like, yeah. oh man, it's like ten thirty already. Like my I was my gonna say, yeah, like oh man, it's ten thirty. I can't think of this right now. I yeah. want to talk about superheroes. So, okay, do you think uh, season three will still have something new to bring to the table? Because me, I'm perfectly fine not watching season three anymore. Because I'm happy. I'm satisfied. Like, they have to sell it to me. Because, like, season two, you have to watch it. Because it's a continuation of one. It's like, if you want to have, like, um, uh, closure, you got to watch it. But with season three, it's not related to the plot anymore of one and two. So it's, it's like a, it's its own it's a new arc. Yeah. So it's like I don't have to watch it. So they have to sell it to me for me to like really appreciate it more. What would they do? Like what would it take for it to be sold to you though? Just give me a good trailer. That's all I'm asking for. <laughs> just a solidly edited trailer. Yeah, just a, with with some like retro music again and violence. With like brrrm sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be interstellar. What if they get Hans Zimmer to score it. Okay, like this is super random but do you know what the last trailer was that used the trailer guy voice? Because they stopped oh, using it. A, they, they stopped did. using it a while back. That's a good question. Remember when you were kids? Every single trailer had the trailer guy voice. That's yeah. why it became iconic. But eventually, they started making the movie speak for itself. Like just made yeah. the characters say lines from the movies instead of establishing it with words, being hard sell too much. Yeah. I wonder what the last one was that made them Damn. think. You that's, know, a good, that's a good question. We don't need the trailer guy anymore. Uh, but then I feel like if a trailer came out with a trailer guy, because yeah. it hasn't been done for so long, it'll stand out. It'll but be like, oh, that's... It's self-aware. I think that's the reason why. Uh, it, would, it would... No, I wanted, to do... I wanted to just play it straight. It's going to be like a family movie. Yeah. It'll be like, um, like, so-and-so was just a regular kid until one day he finds It's very Disney Channel. <laughs> It's like how Disney Channel makes their commercials. The original movies. Yeah, Disney Channel original movies. That's how they establish it. Because they're they're talking to kids, so they got to dumb it down a bit. But I think we've been talking about Umbrella Academy. I was going to say, like, how long has this episode been now? Well, you know what? There there are no rules on this podcast. I mean, we talked about freaking Avatar for, like, I don't know, a good two hours. Have you finished um, Legend of Korra? I haven't even started because, like... I was waiting for it to come out on Netflix, but it turns out it's it, it only in the US. US. Yeah. So I was like, oh man, okay, I guess I gotta watch my my digital. Your 111 copy. gigabyte. Exactly. Copy. The same file we have. So any yeah. last remarks you wanna say before we sign off? Um I, Umbrella Umbrella Academy um inspired me to 
to to appreciate original work more. It also inspires me in a sense that Jared Way, he you'd think his career would just be in music, but then he transitioned to writing comic books. And he's doing even, not even better, but he's doing just as well, just you know? Well, and yeah. and that, it just goes to show, like, you think life leads you one way, but that doesn't mean you should be stuck in that one path. If you want to do something else, as long as it makes you happy, you should do it. And Umbrella Academy is proof of that. Also, like, I think with Umbrella Academy, something you can pick up from it. I mean, since we're talking about stuff to pick up from it to make our lives better, yeah. is um, everyone's got baggage. You just got to exactly. deal, deal yeah. with it. You just got to deal with it. No one's perfect. Yeah. Which is why I love Umbrella Academy because it's, it's so relatable. It takes the X-Men trope and everything and just makes it more relatable, more down to Yeah, because I never, when the X-Men movies, I guess except for like a couple of the newer-ish ones, I never mm. felt that they were a family. Yeah, they're you just know? like, they're very superhero, like unrelatable. Yeah. Like, even like, Wolverine, dude, even if he's like the most relatable, relatable one, you don't see yourself as like, oh, that could be me. No. Yeah, like I yeah. always, they always say like, oh, we're like a family of mutants or whatever. But I never got that vibe. Same with the Fantastic Four movies, like random pull, but like yeah. the, the really old Fantastic Four movies. Like I never felt they were a family, but Umbrella Academy did it so well. Even Mostly they're because like, they're, even yeah. they're adopted. It still feels exactly. the family dynamic. Like the, 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 they're not related by blood, but they're like related by, by heart, I guess. Yeah, by emotional baggage, by the same... Yeah. Traumatizing by the same trauma, yeah. yeah. Trauma I'm pretty sure it was like based off of like Jared Way's childhood, and I think Vanya is him. Like he was oh, Vanya. Really? He was like, yeah, like he because except in his family, they're all musicians. Like in this mm-hmm. one, they're all superheroes. Yeah. But in in when he wrote it, like they're all musicians, and then him as Vanya, he felt misunderstood. Like he didn't have a talent the same way. Like he didn't have, she didn't have like powers. Ooh. But it turns out he has this talent and. Like she got to prove herself, and he got to prove himself, and so on. So yeah, that's a great insight, dude. I would, I did not know that at all. I wouldn't have guessed. Yeah, that. I looked <laughs> it up because I was so. Oh, okay, you, I, you I looked it up because I was so interested in how what inspired Jared Way to make Umbrella Academy because it's it's like different ideas, like we said, but yeah, it's done like, in a way that made it original. That's the thing about like all the concepts mixed here. You could tell like Gerard Way watches a lot of stuff. He does. He he consumes yeah. a lot of superhero media and, and reads a lot of stuff that, but it shows and that's that's why it's good to like absorb good things because you yeah. end up creating good things too you make a fusion of everything that's that's you've seen in the past and that's what i think because there's nothing new anymore technically like, yeah. everything's been done but you can make something feel new by mixing old stuff together yeah and, and adding your own spin to it your own yeah. voice it's basically what Tarantino does. Yeah. He like gets like from old cinema and makes it his own thing. Splices hundreds of pre-existing things and makes it into one. He was even thing. inspired by like old Filipino, uh, no, Filipino movies. Oh, I saw that Lina Broca. Yeah, yeah Lina Broca. Eddie, Eddie Guerrero was I'm sorry his name. Eddie. Something. Eddie Guerrero the wrestler. Eddie, Eddie Garcia. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Guerrero the wrestler. Anyway, yeah. We, yeah, that's we, a, it's already like 1040 that's a sign that our brains are already half asleep so yeah uh, dude i want to thank you for coming on the show no again. problem man i always love talking yeah. about nerdy stuff with you and this is like just the second of many like i can tell we're gonna have yeah. a lot of like other future episodes and i mean uh, for sure i'm gonna get you back on my podcast if ever well i'd love to do that which again yeah. i have to bring up i applaud you so much for being consistent because mine is not consistent it's just like when I have something to talk about, I'm gonna post an episode. But dude, you do it every I mean, like, week. Like what? What? 
Yeah, I try to I try to force content out of myself. There, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. There are some weeks where I don't know what to talk about, so I just play a video game and talk. But you still do something. I mean, what yeah, I episode are something. you on now? What episode 16? are you on? Sixteen. It's been sixteen weeks yeah. since it started, and I was on the yeah, second are... second episode. Yeah, you were in the second episode. Damn, it's crazy. been sixteen weeks. Oh my god, we're we're time traveling ourselves, dude. So so yeah, no. If you guys wanna check out uh, Rivers stuff. You want to let them know where they can find your podcast? Oh, um, I'm on the Don't Be Mean podcast with River Cruz. Uh, where I'm only on Facebook right now, but I'm trying to find a way to get the audio and like put it on mm-hmm. YouTube or on, on, on Spotify or whatever. But I don't mind being... I'm a live podcast, so I don't mind just being on Facebook so my friends can watch. So that's pretty yeah, much it, it. It can be like a Wayne's World kind of situation. Where just yeah, like, exactly. I'm, I'm happy this way. And if I, fans are happy, I'm happy. Yeah. So that's about it. Oh, this week I have an episode because um, I, I, for six months, I, I worked on in, in the film industry before this whole COVID thing happened. Mm-hmm. That's when I switched jobs. Um, I have an episode with all the PAs that I worked with because I was a PA, a, a, a production assistant. And this week we're just going to talk about like the struggles of, of, a, of a PA in, in the film industry. Oh, How many are you going to be on the show? Uh, it's just me and two others. So it's gonna, there's going to be three of us. Because we oh, all work. Because okay, I'm we so worked on a movie. We worked on a movie that just came out today. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, on Netflix. It came out on Netflix. It's a Netflix original Filipino movie. It's called Love the Way You Lie, directed by R.C. De Los Reyes. I was a creative and production assistant on, on that film. So we're gonna talk like behind the scenes on that and on this week's podcast about like our struggles making that film because that was the, that was only the second movie that I ever worked on mm-hmm. and it was. It was traumatizing. I'm not gonna lie, but we, I mean, we that's it. how the movie industry is. That's what I hear. Yeah, which is I'm, I'm getting, dude. I'm gonna tune into your podcast like for sure. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. I'm just really curious. So uh, without further ado, that's all we have to say about Umbrella Academy. Yeah, um, thank you so much for having me again, Robert. Course, I, I always appreciate. It, it's a pleasure, and I know people are really lax now because like the quarantine's been going on for weeks, and it li- literally is the new normal already. Like people have like accepted the way things are, but please. Yeah. Please stay indoors. Please the, stay indoors. The pandemic's still going on. We don't want to like, cause the apocalypse. MECQ, GCQ, it's all the same. It's all the same thing. The Filipino government's just like doing things just so they can be like, they can appear like they're doing something, but they're not. They care, but they just don't really have a plan. They're just all like smoking. If only, if only we had five show up to show us how to avert the apocalypse. And that is a great way to end this. For real though. <laughs>